What's up, everybody? I'm Kyle Hamilton, All-American Safety for University of Notre Dame, and I just want to say thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. And welcome to another series of our summer scouting on the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Uh, my name's Raj, and today I'm joined by our newest member of the college team. That newest member is Will. You might have seen him uh, post a few articles recently and a few tweets, but this is his debut uh, as a podcast um, host. So, Will, welcome to the team. Welcome to you uh, for your debut on podcasting. Hope you're not too nervous. And um, yeah, no great great to have you on board for the team oh oh i'm so glad to be here honestly it's a shaking in my ankle socks you already know i'm real nervous now i'm just kidding i'm ready for this i've been ready <laughs> yeah no oh great and then what we'll do is um today we're going to talk about running backs um but before we talk about running backs and we'll go through our usual format so top five underrated overrated what we're going to do for the first few minutes is will's going to introduce himself in terms of who he is um like uh, just a few little facts about him because we're going to be hearing a lot more from Will throughout the season. So just just from yourself, Will, um, like uh, how did you get into college football and and who's your favourite um, college football team? And also as well, we can go dabble into the pros as well and talk about who's your favourite pro team and then um, let, the, let the audience know a little bit more about yourself. So once again, my name's William. Some call me Will, some call me Willie. It's whatever. I go by it all. I've heard it all. How I got into college football, I have a lot of family and sadly from Alabama. So I grew up a lot on Alabama football. Am I an Alabama fan? No. If anything, I learned to not enjoy Alabama football because that entire fan base can be obnoxious. And Auburn's not out of the question either. I'm going to be real here. Uh, my favorite team, though, North Carolina, UNC. I'm a big basketball guy, and a couple of years back, just in general, I was like, I got to, like, I love NFL, got to get in on college. I love basketball already. I love the Tar Heels. Got to just stick with it. They got some of the nicest jerseys in the league by far. So that's kind of my big thing and how I got into college football. I mean, that was really I think I fell in love with it, though. Kick six was when I realized uh, that's when I really fell in love because I looked around and I just saw everyone just disappointed. It is all get out. And I was just like, yeah, I got to Like, I want to feel that. I don't want to feel that, but I want to feel that because football, some of the best part about it is just all the emotion, in my opinion. And I know the group chat, you were happy from our wide receiver podcast that we had uh, both me and Kieran had um, Josh Downs as our, one of our top five wide receivers so is he someone that you're really looking forward to in terms of uh, UNC season coming up? Oh, I'm very much looking forward to Josh Downs this season. Honestly, I, I love that y'all had him at that five spot. But if it was me, I would have had no issue putting him at three or four. I'm going to be honest here, but I'm very excited to see what he can do. And then obviously looking ahead to um, so the pros as well, obviously you lost Sam Howell. Um, he's at Washington, if I'm not mistaken. So um, how, how do you think uh, you'll fill the void in with, without Sam Howell? And how did you rate Sam Howell, uh, his, his career at UNC? Sam Howell's career at UNC, I thought was about to just be one of the greatest things ever. Because for, for a time there, it just felt magical. And then that last season, it was just, kind of disappointed because the help around him wasn't very much help he was running for his life half the year so it was really just disappointing and I feel like we really just let him down that was a really talented quarterback and one of my favorite from college football last year so that's kind of my big thing I think when it comes to the pros though I think I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, gets a start any time this year I'm not I used to be a big Carson Wentz guy but not anymore I think Washington needs Sam Howell in there the sooner the better yeah agreed I think I think if, if they start off badly the fans are going to be clamoring for a, a, just to look at Sam Howell just because their defense is stacked obviously with Chase Young and, and, all, and, and all, all the defensive or their defensive lines are scary but offensively just the quarterback is the is the big question with obviously scary Terry there and um I think for a former 
former UNC wide receiver who I really like, Diami Browns. Uh, Diami Brown, who's is fantastic as well. I really liked him when he came out of college as well. So that was his connection when he was at uh, UNC a couple of years ago, and then obviously he lost him last year. So um, that connection could be forged again, maybe at Washington. Who knows? For me with him in Washington, for Sam Howell, that is, in Washington, it's a match made in heaven because they also got one of my favorite receivers in college football last year in Jahan Dotson. I loved me some Jahan Dotson. So when I saw that, I was just like, oh, this is the William Agenda team. They just knew. They knew, let's go out and get Jahan Dotson, and then let's go get ourselves a young quarterback, one of the best young quarterbacks in the draft. So I think they honestly – kind of killed the draft this past season i won't lie yeah they're, they're receiving calls scary uh, very good with obviously mclaurin diami brown and uh, i'm a big Jahan dotson fan as well i was, mm-hmm. I was so high on him last year so um glad we agree there and then obviously going to the pro so who's your pro team and what are you expecting for your from your pro team well judging by my flag in the background big new england patriots guy uh i had Ooh. this uh, i recently had this hard to swallow pill i won't lie and this offseason, I've been trying to be like, oh, well, there's this team. We, we can still make the playoffs. There's no playoffs in sight. I'm going to be honest here. People can call me a pessimistic, but I'm just going to keep it how it is. I'm going to see it or I'm going to say it how I see it. And I'm, I'm looking at maybe eight and nine, seven and ten. The new system is going to be kind of it's going to be rough on your second year quarterback. I wasn't really a fan of just completely switching it up and doing an overhaul. I mean, we didn't really have much of a choice, but that's just how it went. Well, being a Dolphins fan, I cannot wait for week one. Obviously, we had a taster of what could happen yesterday or the day before yesterday with the first pass of Tua to Tyreek. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, those those Patriots cornerbacks are not going to know what's hit them with Tyreek, Waddle, Ezekama, Wilson, and then uh, our, our defense, uh, the way Mac Jones has been playing, the, uh, the rumors of him in practice and no offensive coordinator. Uh, I, I, I do fear for you guys. I'm sorry. I fear for a little bit of a sophomore slump, but I'm still confident in Mac Jones in the long term. I think it's kind of like growing up in Tennessee, everyone talked about Mariota, and I'm not going to sit here and defend Mariota by any means. I wasn't a fan. But one of the things that killed his career was simply the fact that there was just too many people in and out the door there in Tennessee. It felt like every season he had either a new coordinator, new head coach, new system. And that's just that's just setting up disaster. And I really don't want that to happen to Mac Jones. So hoping for the best. Definitely, definitely. Well, we'll see what happens. The season's not too far away now. But obviously, we focus on college football and we focus on the summer scouting and we focus on who the running backs are to keep an eye on. Now, I know we were talking off air before we started the pod. This class is apps, looks on paper to be absolutely unreal. I said on a, um, a, the quarterback pod that I think the running back class is the best class this year. Um, I, 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 that's a bold statement, but I just think you compare it to what came out last year and, um, it is unbelievable the skill level, the the variety, the 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 speed, the vision. The, it's just chalk and cheese compared to last year. And there's even a couple guys that maybe should have come out last year and have stayed and potentially have hurt their stock this year, considering the amount of talent that's coming out um, in this year's class. I don't know if you you agree with me there, Will, on on obviously the the class overall and um, sort of how good it is. I actually am all for what you just said about this class. I think when it comes to the running backs in this draft class, this is the cream of the crop. Like this is one of the best running back draft classes I've seen in a while since I started like really trying to scout. I'm very excited, but I think the most interesting part about this draft class, and maybe it's just me, but it felt undersized. There was a lot of running backs that I felt were on the shorter end, but I still just fell in love. So I'm not complaining about it, but I completely agree. And are you on the boat of, are you, should you draft a running back in the first round? Yes, but no. No, it's like lean no. It's like 80% no. But there's that 20% in me. I'm just like, you know, late first round, if it's a good team and you're just missing that running back, get your guy. I'm all for just getting your guy. So it, it's a very rare situation. But I lean no. 
most of the time. I think this year is gonna that that question's really gonna pop up because I think I think we have a consensus number one. I think the consensus across across the draft network is 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 a clear number one. The positional value of drafting him in the first round that's going to be a hot topic of conversation. But I, I think potentially one team will pull the trigger, maybe even earlier than a late first. Who knows? Because because he's that good. But we may we'll, we'll go into him when we, when we go into our list. So. Will, I'm going to let you kick off. Who is your number five guy that is in your top five list? Number five, we're going to take it all the way to Auburn. I'm actually a big tank, big speaker. I've heard a lot of just disagreement. I've seen a lot on social media about tanks, big tank, Bigsby. I've seen a lot of people that love him, and I see a lot of people that hate him. But I also feel that he his skill set is something that I very much enjoyed to watch. I think. So I, was, I got my notes pulled up right here, actually. One of my big things with Tank Bigsby that I really liked, he wasn't, when it came to the draft or running backs in this class, he's not just, what, what's the word I'm looking for? He's not useless in the pass blocking game. I felt like when I was watching a lot of guys, a lot of them couldn't really hold their own. But he has, like, his his mechanics could use some work. But I think that's one big thing going for him. I like how... For me, he's really consistent. He's going to get you those yards. Just stride for stride. When he's running, he's churn and burn, baby. If you try and hit him, he's going to hit you with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm big on thing big. Well, FYI, me and, me and Will did not have a conversation about uh, our list before this. But my number five is also Tank, Bigs- Tank Bigsby. Um, so... Yeah, so look at us go. I know, I know. I, I, I very much agree with you with, um, uh, with your your analysis. The one of the things that I think no, you're kind of cutting in and out. By the way, just want oh, to let you know. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, FYI, everyone, that my my internet is not very good today. So, <laughs> in the middle of the Notting Hill Carnival for for those that know what's going on in London. Um, but so yeah, just just in terms of uh, Bigsby, I think one of the things that I would say about him is he's quite a slender, six foot, two hundred and thirteen pounds. I would mm-hmm. like to see a bit of lower body thickness because I think he likes contact, but I just think if he had a, had a bit of extra lower body thickness, he could maybe break tackles a bit better. But his vision is is his speed, his burst, acceleration, his. Uh, Ability to find the hole, I I, I agree. He's, he's he's definitely got all the tools for to be a really good running back, and he's a really good pass catcher as well. That's what I noticed when doing the analysis of a lot of these guys. That um, we have a lot of dual threat running backs where they're very good pass catchers as well as very good runners, um, and he definitely fits that mold. So yeah, we agree. Tank's big Tank Bigsby is our number five, and obviously there's a there's a whole stable of running backs in the SEC this year. Some of who we may mention uh, within our list as well, but. Uh, Obviously, at Auburn, he he may have competition to be the top back in, in in that conference. So, Will, who's your number four? My number four, I gotta go. It, we talked about the SEC running backs, but I want to take it to the ACC real quick. Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. It was hard for me not to fall in love with Sean Tucker. I'm going to be very honest here. He's re- He has real quick bursts. He's in and out. He can find his lane. And once he finds his lane, you're just not touching him. It's game-breaking speed. And that is why I, that's one of the big things that made me fall in love with him, especially in this draft class. Um, I love his size. I want to say I love his – okay. I like his size. I'm a big fan of those shorter end running backs, that 5'10", 5'11". Sweet spot for running backs. Perfect. I love it. He reminds me a lot of Damian Harris for the Patriots. That's one, when I was watching him, I went, you know, this style of run, he seems like a little bit of a quicker Damian Harris. I think if I had to give a knock on him, he lowers his shoulder way too soon at times, slowing him down. And it really, it, it causes maybe like two or three less yards than what he should have gotten. So if he could work on that, time it up a little bit right, He'd just be an absolute bowling ball. He'd be mowing over defenders. And then also at the line of scrimmage, he was a little too indecisive at times. 
So we'd have a little bit of happy feet back there. And that was just those two simple things. If he could get that fixed, I wouldn't be surprised if he moved up this list over time. Well, I'm a big Sean Tucker fan. I have him as my number three. Um, it's that it's that home run uh, sort of mm-hmm. capability. Once he's in open space, you're not going to catch him. Um, no. And once he finds that hole, because his vision is very good in finding the hole, once he finds it, he's gone. And there's and there's no catching him. Um, just so explosive in open space. And like you said about his frame, he's 5'10", 210. But he's a thick 5'10", 210. And that's what I was talking about comparing him to uh, uh, to to tank big speed like the thighs like the lower body strength you can see that in in sean tucker that allows him to break tackles that allows him to make him slippery and that allows him to sort of get generate that acceleration for a hope to be a home run threat but yeah love sean tucker love love the syracuse uniform so it's not hard to miss obviously in, oh, yeah. in, in orange Definitely. in orange sort of him flying uh, past linebackers and past DBs to 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 hit some real home run touchdowns for Syracuse, but he is he is phenomenal. I really really like him, and he's my number three. So he's my number three. My number four, you you may have him within your list is Jameer Gibbs, um from from uh well he's at Alabama now. He was at Georgia Tech. Um, he's at Alabama now. Yeah, yeah, decisive, explosive. I love the way he just sticks his foot in the dirt and changes direction. It's just it's just it's just beautiful to watch. He's his juke move is so good. Uh, again, he's a home run threat. He's also a kick returner as well. So he, yep. he's got he's got that ability as well. So he's obviously really elusive in open space. Um, it's just going to be so interesting in that Alabama offense that he's going to be the, the number one chess piece for Bryce Young. Um, he's dual threat. He's a great pass catcher as well as a great runner. Um, he, he may have to share, share carries rather than be the main man, which will be interesting to see and see how that affects his stat line. Um, but he's we know Alabama running backs, they tend to translate very well to the pros. Uh, so it, we're excited. I'm excited to see what, how he does in Bama and also just the track record of Bama uh, transfer portal recruits recently. Like when they pick one, they've picked pretty well. See Jameson Williams last year and Henry Toto. This year, got Jermaine Burton and Jameer Gibbs. And you just think that offense where we looked at it at the end of last season, thinking right, they've got they've lost Brian Robinson, they've lost Jameson Williams. There's there's a few holes. They lost John Mechie. There's a few holes there. You look at them again, you think they're really going to heavily lean on that running game this year. And I think, oh yeah, Jameer Gibbs is going to be the centerpiece and it, Bryce Young's favorite favorite target. So he's going to be his best friend. So he's my number four. And um, yeah, again, it's just so close between a lot of these guys, and it's just I think for me he could be moving up that list just on the basis of the national spotlight and performing for Bama. So let's see how he does. Is he on your list, Will? Oh, he's on my list. You said he could move up on your list. He's already near the top of mine and is actually my number two guy. I'm, I've bought all into the Jameer Gibbs hype train. I'm not even going to lie. I've bought all in. I'm ready to go with Jameer Gibbs. And I think one of the big things for Jameer Gibbs this season it, it's going to be a step up in talent. Like, yeah, it just goes without saying. It's going to be a step up in talent. But I don't think it's really going to matter. Jameer Gibbs is an insane athlete, and that versatility. I don't want to, like, go all in on it, but that versatility is one reason I really like him and put him in my number two spot. Would you put him as a kick returner? Yes, but no. Yes, because he's he could be – or he is – he can be successful there. But then no, because I really don't want to risk anything with him. Don't put the ball in his hands when it's unnecessary. I can't risk an injury with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I would be of the same. Like, I think because he's going to be the number one ball carrier at Bama, why risk? It's not worth it. Why risk him being a kick returner? He's very good at it, but it's he like when, it's like when Waddle was, Jalen Waddle was the kick returner there. That's how he got injured ultimately when yep. in his last season at Bama. Sometimes you have to weigh up the 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 value of 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 that of that sort of skill set versus the knock on impact it could have injury wise. So um, I agree with you. I, I wouldn't see him as a kick returner. Um, so we've missed out your number three. We know you two. We know you four. Yeah. Who was your number three? Number three, I gotta go with Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State. Wow. I think 
Here, here's the thing. Here's my thing about Deuce Vaughn. I understand. He's 5'6", 176, very slight frame. But, man, I'm not going to count out someone just because of their height. The amount of Darren Sproles or, like, Tariq Cohen I saw in him. I know Tariq Cohen. That's an unfortunate – like, that is an unfortunate comparison as he's just dealt with injuries for it feels like years now. But Deuce Vaughn has game-breaking speed. 4 4 three, 40 time. He, he, it feels like he's even quicker at times. One of my favorite things about him is he has very good hands for a running back. And I'm talking extreme. That's one of my big selling points, I feel, for Deuce Vaughn. His hands, I think, really separate him from the rest. He's uh, got some excellent vision, I feel. I've once, okay, kind of, I said it once, but once he finds his lane, if he hits that hole, he's gone. You're not touching him. And he's surprisingly, able to wiggle between defenders very well and it kind of makes sense he's real small and that I feel like his size it may not translate real well to the next level but as for right now he's going to be a game breaker even if he is playing for Kansas State but I think Deuce Vaughn he's legit he's at my number three spot what about yours couldn't have him couldn't have him. it's just the size no! I know we've had Darren Sproles. We've had um, the muscle hamster, Doug Martin as well. Doug Martin, yep. And the Bucks as well, who are, who are smaller running backs. But um, I don't know. You look at Kyron Williams last year, who was 5'8", or he was five, quite eight. small. Yeah, and it's just, I think it's it's the optics. It just doesn't, they're slippery. He is very slippery and he has got that home run threat. But I like I like my running backs to be taller, thicker, and and just to not uh, being small, yeah, they might be very slippery. But I, I like running backs that like take the contact and they're able to like sort of bulldoze and and just just show use that strength and size to their advantage. Whereas I think when you've got a five foot six running back, can he be a three down back within a, within an offense? I very much doubt it. Whereas a lot of the other guys we talk about, doubt it. With well, a lot of the other guys we talk about. They are probably three down backs, so that that's why I eliminated him straight away from my list. But I can see there is a lot of love for him as well. He's one of those love hate guys that you either gonna love him or you either gonna hate him. You see, it was hard for me not to put him up here, and I feel once again we were talking earlier, and I said my three through five all interchangeable. Yeah, Deuce Vaughn. My it was hard for me not to put him up here when I was watching the film, and my only not going man, he's just small. That was like when I was looking at it, that was really the only thing that came to mind a lot of times. I was just, man, that size, it is a killer. And I understand you want you want your running back built like grown men, not a toddler, you know? Like, I mean, he's not that big at all. So I understand the concerns. Well, hey, this is going to be so interesting how he does because he's probably going to put some real numbers up. But again, it, it, Teams are either going to love mm-hmm. him or or and and not and not think about the size, or there's going to be teams that just completely have him off the board from 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 their initial draft and um, uh, scouting analysis. So we shall see. Going on to my number two, so this is a guy that I loved last year, and I'm so I I was a little bit surprised he moved in the transfer portal, and I was equally surprised where he moved to as well, um, considering. Ole Miss are very much an air raid offense. Um, so very pass happy. But I really, really like Zach Evans. I've, I was a huge fan of him at TCU. Um, he, I think his underlying stats, he was like 8.9 yards per rush, which is absolutely phenomenal. He is very much dual threat. He is an extremely good pass catcher. His burst is acceleration. He's not afraid to take contact as well. I think one of the key things that I saw in the film and I saw all of last year, his vision is phenomenal. And when Mm. he sees the gap, he's so decisive. Um, And one of the things I think he can improve on is he could lower his pad level a little bit more. Um, I just think he can be quite an upright runner, but I just think he is so well-rounded. He's just unlucky that maybe our number one is, is, is the, is the number is, is, is sort of head and shoulders, the number one running back. But at TCU, I loved his game last year. I, he, he just popped off the page for me. And I'm a little bit concerned. You know how, obviously, um, Eric Gray last year, 
where he had a lot of hype last year and then he just completely fell off the bandwagon when he transferred from Tennessee to Oklahoma. And I'm hoping that doesn't happen with Zach Evans because the offense is not suited for running backs. It's air raid. It's pass happy. There's a new quarterback in place. Hopefully with a new quarterback in place, they're going to heavily rely on Evans. And obviously being in the SEC as well, like I've mentioned two other SEC guys today, like he's going to be in the mix of who's going to be the top SEC runner. But I hope that that he's, he's able to be utilised effectively and correctly at Ole Miss because I think he's got all the talent in the world and I'm a big, big fan. Zach Evans, I, I want to talk or I want to talk about him a little bit as well. He didn't make my top five. And it, it, you see, that just it tells you how good this running back class is. Because if he's not in my top five, he's got to be like number six or number seven. He is right there. He is very talented running back. The athleticism is all there. It's hard not to love him. Uh, I feel, once again, those concerns of him just air raid offense. And not to mention, how where where is he going to be? Like, okay, on. How will they utilize him? How will they make the most of him? That's what you're hoping for. But will we see him more out of the backfield catching passes or what? I hope that can happen. I want to see more of him, which is why I couldn't confidently put him top five just because I saw it. I wanted to see more, but there wasn't much more to look at because I just, he didn't have, what is it? Words. I'm sorry. Yeah. It just, day. Yeah. It's, it's just, he didn't have like the, maybe the complete film to maybe. Yeah. Analyze exactly to get to get to be sure of obviously, yeah. I'm going to pin my colors to the mask. So this is my guy. But however, <laughs> however, like I always think with running backs as well. Sometimes it's actually quite good that they're not a feature part of the offense because one of the things we right. always we always think about with running backs is tread on tread on the tire, especially when they're going to the pro level. And if you've got a, a back that either isn't a feature or hasn't got much tread on the tire, then there's more capacity for them to really excel in the pro level. Whereas you, you got, you get some college running backs that have just been literally worn to the ground at college. And as soon as they transfer to pro, they pick up injuries. They're not as explosive. And there's issues going forward where they very rarely reach a second contract. Um, you just have to look at say, you just have to have a look at Saquon Barkley. Like he was such a beast at Penn state, but injury after injury, the tread on the tires, just it's hurt him. And, and it, I, will we ever see, Saquon be say Penn State Saquon same same up with Tom Ger- Todd Gurley like he had a couple of years where he was best running back in the best running back in the in the country but the knees just gave out because it was just too much tread um so it might be a benefit that Zach Evans is in a pure pass happy offense because he won't get used as much and there's for me there's enough film to say that he is fantastic that what his game translates to the pros brilliantly so you shall see, because that's always an interesting take I have with running backs. Like, I don't always like to see them being the centerpiece of an offense. However, I think our number one is the centerpiece of the, his offense. He is the star of his offense. And there is Heisman chatter, chatter with this guy. I think he he could be the first running back in a long time to potentially be a Heisman winner. I'll let you take the full will and, and introduce who is your number one. Number one, it might come it might come as a surprise to everyone here. But Bijan Robinson out of Texas. It, it's hard not to love Bijan. He is the most complete running back prospect in this class by far, I feel. Easily the most talented as well. His ability to admit or force missed tackles was insane. You have, I have it right here. His force missed tackle rating was at a 39.4% last season when the average is a 20.4. That is just insane, in my opinion. That jump is just beyond me. I love his ability to cut in and out of space as well and make defenders miss once again. That is just the main selling point. And I also love the fact that, I mean, he's got good hands. Mm. B. John Robinson can catch out of the backfield. Now, he needs to improve on his route running underneath, I feel, to really, like, make the most out of it. But at the end of the day, he can still catch. And if your running back can catch and he's already a threat purely on the ground, 
what more could you want from him? Because he's just everything. He's everything you want in a running back. Good size, fantastic speed. And this is going to sound crazy, but one of like my big comparisons that I saw was a lot of Christian McCaffrey. And that's some high praise right there because Christian McCaffrey has that ability to line up in the slot. And I feel Bijan Robinson could do just that if you asked it of him. Uh, it's funny you say that. Well, I, I I have a comparison and I think it's mainly due to the patience he has in 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 the backfield before then absolutely sticking his foot in the dirt and actually just going for the hole. And I think my comparison is Lev Bell. Because uh, Lev Bell is a, a fantastic pass catcher, was a fantastic pass catcher as well at the Steelers, and a very complete running back. And B. John Robinson just reminds me of Lev Bell so much. Um, potentially more explosive than Lev Bell. Uh, that 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 could be debated, but I would probably say that's probably there. I think the Oklahoma game last year, that touchdown against Oklahoma was just like oh. it, was, it was just a, it was. It had a whole of Twitter going absolutely berserk, I remember. And that stiff arm, I put it down in my notes, that stiff arm is a weapon of mass destruction. Oh, definitely. It, oh, the number of times he stiff arms and he just, the defender goes absolutely flying. It's just like, that, that, that's just, that just shouldn't be allowed. It's just, it's so brutal. Yeah. No. Um, but he, that offense that this year, even though they've got Quinn Ewers, they've got Xavier Worthy, they got uh Jill Billingsley, they've got so many weapons on that offense, but that offense revolves around Bijan Robinson. I just I just pray he just doesn't get injured this year because he's gonna be the, the 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 focal point of that offense. I just pray he doesn't get injured because I think he is a first round player. Again, it just pertains to the fact that do you drop running back to the first round, but I think this this guy, there will be teams that a running back is the missing piece and a, a three down running back that's a great pass blocker as well. I think he's the best pass blocking running back that we've got on our top five as well. So I just think he's he's a star. He's I think he's the next great running back to come out since Saquon Barkley coming out of college. I know we had um uh Najee Harris and Travis Etienne in the draft a couple of years ago. Um and then uh, before that we had obviously the, the the really good class where we had um sort of Clyde Edwards Hilaire taking the first round spot, but then in the second round we had DeAndre Swift and JK Dobbins and and and, and fantastic running backs there. But uh but yeah, I just think there's gonna be a team that's gonna take him in the first round. I don't think it's I don't think it's not gonna be a doubt about that. It's just hope that he doesn't get injured. I think that's the only thing that that's the caveat here this year. I think the second I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does go first round. And the second that it happens, Twitter is going to be in shambles. A lot of people who just only watch NFL is going to clown on that team forever. But I feel like even because I'll, I'll be honest here, when it came to last season, the only thing I really like watched was just highlights. But there were so many of them. It felt like I was seeing Bijan on my timeline 24 seven. I was working a lot. I sadly work a lot of Saturdays. So mm. and I don't really stop and watch Texas to be honest here, because I mean, Texas isn't back. We have to, we have to, we've sang a lot of praise for Texas. I love worthy. I, I like Quinn Ewers, Ewers. I like them. And I love Bijan, but we just have to remind them Texas isn't back. I, there was a little too much Texas love there. I got a little scared. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it, it, Texas not back, and Steve Sarkeesian, <laughs> Steve Sarkeesian is still a myth. He hasn't proven anything yet, both at <laughs> college and pro. So we shall see. But yeah, no, I, th- I think I think everyone's excited about Bijan Robinson, and, and let's see how he does this year. Um, so that's our top five, like great list, Will, and obviously um, very s- similar guys and a couple of guys that obviously we didn't didn't include. But this is the bit that I really like giving us an underrated or underrated guys and overrated guys now i like to look at the overrated guys first because there's always one that's sort of i just don't quite see it and i'll let you go first will in terms of who is a guy that you just don't quite see but there is so much hype around him i've seen a lot of hype around who i have as my overrated guy and maybe it's just because i'm at but zach charbonnet i i really am not i i like his size six one 220 like I mean that's something that that's really interesting to see in the back and he runs a 4-4 the athleticism is all there so I completely understand but one of the big things that just kills him for me is the amount of momentum he loses when he's trying to change directions this is a running back who can only run feels like north to south 
Mm-hmm. After that, I I just don't see him absolutely breaking it up on the outside all the time. And I would really like to see that because we see it in a lot of our guys who are in our top five. A lot of them are game breakers that once they beat your linebacker to the outside, there they are 40 yards downfield for a touchdown with the home run. It's like, what, what are you going to do? I just don't see it in Zach Charbonnet. Um, he doesn't make tacklers miss. That was another big thing. His elusiveness just isn't all there, it feels. And I guess it's he's 6'1", 220, so the elusiveness might not all be there, but, like, it's whatever. And then his pass protection also wasn't just anything to write home about. That was my other big thing because when I'm looking at running backs, I'd like someone who's more complete than just a specialist. I like someone who can catch. I like someone who can make a guy miss. Someone who's patient, waits for their lane to develop. And Zach Charvenet just isn't that guy for me. Yeah, I'll, I'm very much the same boat. He was in the mix of overrated guy. One of the, I think the big like head scratches for me is why he did not declare last year. That was it, 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 in consideration, you. in yep. consideration of the class last year versus this year. I think he's hurt his draft stock so much. He may have a really good season this year, but I reckon last year he probably would have been one of the first running backs taken. Whereas this year, he could be a day three guy. Um, I would not be surprised. Yeah, and I, I really do not understand why he, he came back for a senior year. Um, I agree with you in terms of he's very north-south and he's not, there's no artistry to his game. No. Uh, uh, he's just, he's he's quite a simple running back and he's effective um, in what he does, but I don't, he hasn't got enough tools in his arsenal to be that complete running back for me. And that's similar to who I'm going to say is my overrated guy. I think Charbonnet is a little bit more, um, He's he's a little bit more sort of he, he can duke in and out. He can make tacklers miss more than this guy I'm going to talk about. And it's Chris Rodriguez out of Kentucky. This guy is see hole, hit hole, just go full pelt, and that's it. There is no like skill to his game whatsoever. No. He just runs and he's tough. I'll give him that. He's tough. But there's no not even a thought of missing tackles. It is literally see linebacker, hit linebacker. It's literally trying to bulldoze his way through. And number one, that's not good for wear and tear. And number no. two, like, if there's no hole to hit, all you're going to be doing is just being held up at the line of scrimmage every single time. At Kentucky, it's a very run-heavy offense, so he was quite lucky in the sense that he had big holes that he could just run into. But there's just... It, and he's so upright the way he attacks the hole as well. It's just this: it, you're asking, you're asking for injuries, and there's no talent there. I think if I'm not no. mistaken, I think he's no. a converted linebacker. Um, I, I will double check that, but I think he's a converted linebacker, and I think that probably shows a little bit because there's, you compare him to the, the guys we talked about in our top five, and the, like the fluidness and the hips, the the sudden burst of acceleration, the the patience, the the catching, uh, pass catching ability, they're all there. With Chris Rodriguez, it's see hole, hit hole, uh, engage contact, and that's it. And there is, like, I see, I see him talked about in like top ten lists, and I just don't see it at all. I I don't see it either, and it's it's even crazier because one of my best friends I went to school with. <sighs> Sadly, he's a massive Kentucky fan for everything. It's hard to deal with at times, but I still love the guy. Um, that's all he would talk about. And I think one of the benefits, the benefits to his game, in quotes, was simply the fact that his O-line could create so many holes for him. Like you said, C-hole, hit hole, but he just north to south guy. I just, yeah. I don't see it. And he, another thing, he doesn't get low a lot of times. His legs are wide open, and that's just an injury waiting to happen. And as you said, not good for the wear and tear. So I'm not a fan of him either. Good, good. Well, I'm glad we agree on on both of our overrated guys. But is there any underrated guys that we should know about a little bit more that just keep an eye on? So I, I didn't really know if I should put him as underrated or overrated. Or not overrated, not overrated. He's definitely not overrated. I didn't know if I could put him in this underrated list, but Michigan running back Blake Corum was someone I've seen people talk about him a good bit, but I haven't seen 
going into this season, there's still no guarantee that there he is their guy, number one back. It still looks like there's going to be splitting carries. So going into the season, maybe a lot of people aren't seeing that he's going to be that um, their guy, which I honestly don't understand because he's well now a veteran for that team. He's very explosive. I love his his quick cuts. That's one of my big things. I love how he can make somebody miss. He's very versatile as well. So I've enjoyed when I was watching his film, I was very impressed with how he could be used as a receiver. He could be used as a runner and he has special team experience. And that's another thing. So that played a key role into how I felt about him. Um, Very elusive runner as well. He is very shifty as a burning back. So that was one of my big things to hit on. I really enjoyed how hit words got ahead of myself there. Mm-hmm. His size, 5'8", 209. Man, it, it, I once again, I said it once, I believe, already. But I really like her running back, like 5'10", 5'11", maybe 5'8". Within there, all of that, I'm a big fan of. And it's weird to say. It really is. But I'm, I'm rooting for him. He's my underrated guy. One other thing to hit on, I notice he's very patient and very disciplined as a runner. He follows his blocks very well. So that was another thing to that really just stood out to me in his game was how his patience. Yeah, no, I think I, I have Blake Corum is like just outside my top five. Yeah. And on the basis of he was a, obviously in a in a committee with Hassan Haskins last year, right. who's now gone. Gone into the NFL. So the spotlight is going to be on Blake Corum, and I think he's going to make the most of it this year. I, he was my number six, so I, I totally agree with you. I think he's another one of those guys could really push up the list, and I think the offense is going to rely on him a lot at, Mich- at, at Michigan this year. Um, and that could there's a lot of pressure on Michigan you know, with the sense that obviously Harbaugh needs to maintain what he did last year. Um, and yeah, I think I think he's going to be the centerpiece of that offense. So. I can totally see why that you've got him as an underrated guy because more people I think will be talking about him come come draft come draft cycle. It was kind of crazy to me. And the reason I didn't really know if I could put him at underrated or not really was simply the fact when I was doing I was looking around trying to find some other lists. Because when I was trying to think of someone who was underrated, I was like, I gotta see what other people are saying. Because from on my timeline, I didn't see a lot of Blake Corum love. So I had to go out, look at other people's lists. And I was finding a lot of lists where they had him outside their top 10 back at like 11, 12. And I was just, I felt like that wasn't right. Because personally on my list, he comfortably fits in at like seven, maybe eight. Depends on how I'm feeling that day. But seven, I feel is where I had him recently. So. Yeah, no, it's a great position. I think that's where he deserves to be. And he's going to. He has the potential to hit the the top five with his um with his ability. I've got two guys that are underrated, and these guys are coming out of knee injuries, so mm. there is a big question mark about them. One is a centerpiece of his offense, and the other is a he's he's a part of a committee. But I've I've talked about him for a couple of years. And I really like him, so I'll go in with the with the first guy who's centerpiece of his offense, and that's Mo Ibrahim or Ibrahim of Minnesota. Before he got injured last year, he was so good. He was trucking people. He was just a tackle breaker. He's so powerful. He's such a physical runner. Um, and then he just got a really bad injury. Um, from what I've read, he looks like he's back to the Mo Abraham of last year. Um, so hopefully he will be able to start week one and, and hopefully we'll be able to see the guy that we saw at the start of last season, but um, I have my hopes just with like medical advances with ACLs and, and, and injuries that he, that, that, that these guys have, hopefully he still gets his burst, he still gets his toughness um, and it's the centerpiece of that Minnesota offense. So Mo Abraham, because no one's talked about him and people have forgotten about him. And the other guy who people have forgotten about is Jace McClellan from Alabama. he's a very good third down back, but I think he was really underrated last year when he was fit, when he was healthy. Um, And it was, it was quite, 
he was Bryce Young's sort of like comfort blanket on third down last year. And it put a lot more reliance on Brian Robinson to be the guy uh, at Bama once once McClellan went down. Um, now, now, obviously, Jameer Gibbs is now RB1 at Bama, but I would maybe not see him as a three-down uh, back. And James McClellan comes in as a as the third down back. And this this is similar to um, my summer scouting last year, whereby I was such a big fan of James Cook at Georgia. And James Cook was a third down back at Georgia, but he, as a runner, he was fantastic. He just didn't get utilised much as a runner. And I feel that's the same way with Jason McClellan. I think he's got vision. He has speed. He has acceleration. He has everything. He's very toolsy in the running back position. And he's a very good pass catcher. He won't have much tread on the tyres. Unfortunately, he's coming back off an ACL. Let's see how he does this year in the committee. Um, but I'm hoping he gets back to full fitness and I'm hoping he gets back to show the qualities that I saw within him. And I think, um, like I said earlier, don't discount Bama quarterbacks in the pro levels. Like they are, that's one of the certainties potentially you can get within from college to pro. Like, Kieran would say, and I probably agree with him, wide receiver U, LSU, you're going to get, that's going to translate well <laughs> to the pro level. Iowa tight end U, you're going to get some good tight ends and tight ends in the next level. So with Bama with their running backs, they're usually pretty, pretty good when they go into the pros. So um, I'm hoping for a big season with Jason McClellan. That's actually a name I have not heard or was not expecting to hear really, honestly. And I am, now that you say it, I absolutely love the pick because I'm I'm real high on Jameer Gibbs, as we remember. I put him at number two. But I would not be disappointed if we don't see him on third downs and we see Jace McClellan playing that. Like like you've compared it to James Cook being a third down back. I would not be disappointed at all. And if anything, it just elevates the Crimson Tide offense and puts him in a better position to potentially take it all home again. So, yeah. And, and that, that's the thing. Like, FYI. All, 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 all our audience, James Cook is going into every single one of my fantasy drafts this year because I think he's going to be the number one back in Buffalo. So, <laughs> so hopefully, I got Devin Singletary. So this hurts to hear. Oh, uh, oh, no. I, I know. I, I had a rough story with my uh, fantasy team. We, me, and my friends, we were all out, and my friend looks over at my laptop and goes, "Oh, who do you want?" And then he just drafts him right there. And I was just devastated. So it then led me to taking Devin Singletary. So, ah, uh, but yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, James Cook is on all, all on my fantasy radar, and I think Jason McClellan hopefully follows a similar tra- trajectory. So, um, that's good. Now that covers everything, and um, it's been such a good conversation with, with you with yourself. We'll talk about running backs. It's such an exciting group, and obviously we pro running backs, especially that they just don't get injured. And they're able to get into the draft cycle and, and be be eligible come come April next year. Um so that wraps it up for us. But before we finish, um Will, where can we find you on Twitter and what's upcoming in terms of articles or anything else uh both you've released or in the pipeline? So you can find me on Twitter at the Willie Lane. That's right, the that's a part of the name. I've told a lot of people and they're like, oh just Willie Lane. No, it's the Willie Lane, because I'm him, you know? Um, it's like The Rock. It's not Rock, it's The Rock. It's The Rock. It's <laughs> The Willie Lane. Um, as of right now, uh, I've I've been eyeing down receivers. I was still, what is it, A.T. Perry? Is it? That, that's Perry. what he goes by. A. That's Forest, yeah. someone I've been really wanting. I've been watching up on him, and I really want to make possibly my next article about on him. Uh, depending on how UNC goes, their season, expect probably a couple articles from them as well. Um, the be- one of the best names in all of co- college football and Storm Duck. He held down that secondary this past uh, week when we played Florida a and I mean, it's Florida a and Tony Grimes is going to be a name to look out for. But as of right now, I'm really eyeing down A.T. Perry. And that's, I feel, my next work, hopefully coming sooner than later. Oh great! I know you've been releasing some really good stuff, and uh, you both can't see. We can't. We can't wait to see more. So, um, just with myself, I'm uh, at the Garch on Twitter. Um, I will be doing a big board every week. So our top fifty big board. 
just just getting already into the draft season, getting getting everyone accustomed to who my top 50 players are. That list is going to be ever-changing throughout the weeks, obviously based upon what happens at college football. And um, yeah, that will be upcoming every week. And then, like like always, lots of pods, lots of articles, and lots of great information. And within the team, there's so much excitement with the season. Well, the season did start last week, and it was obviously great to see um, a game over in Ireland, which was absolutely phenomenal. And uh, it was a great teaser to obviously week one this week. So it's going to be... It's going to be great. The WhatsApp group is going to be popping. Our Twitter account is going to be popping. And just read, subscribe, and just like give us your feedback in terms of like what you think. And if there's anything else you want us to to provide or produce, then let us know. But we're really excited and we can't wait to release some great content throughout the season. So that... that uh, I was going to say before, that Scott Frost onside kick now uh, that, that's when I immediately knew college football was back because the anger that that brought into me because we were in the chat and it was uh me and Andy I believe and he was like is that game and I was like oh yeah that's game not even a minute later the onside kick happens I'm just like all right well I just get to eat my words makes me look stupid so oh nice <laughs> didn't mean yeah. to cut off that exit there man no that's a, you know what it's great that you you mentioned it because it was it just whetted the appetite didn't it it was it was just so good it was so good to just see a bit of college football and uh for us for us uk fans it was a good time as well so that was all even better so good all right well thanks for joining me today and um hopefully we'll hear you on a few more pods going forward so um thanks everyone and uh we'll come back soon with some more pods thank you so much for tuning in to the full 10 yards Thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We have great information and some great content for you guys. Keep on flying that flag.